Jesus who died and has now gone above. We praise you, O God, for your spirit of light who has shown us our Savior and scattered our night. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Say hey. 
to strip down every layer that's within us, God, that's holding you back. Lord, I pray, God, that you would, one by one, you take every layer, God, of, of anger, depression, um, envy, whatever we have, God, that's hindering our relationship with you, Lord, I pray, God, that you would just strip that back. Lord, I know there's people here, God, that have walls built up. God, I've had walls built up multiple times, and Lord, I know you have the power, Lord, to strip those away. Lord, and I pray, God, in the service today, Lord, I pray that if anybody's here that has a wall, Lord, I pray that you would knock it down. God, I pray that you would break chains today. Lord, we pray for your spirit to pour it out on this place. God, we want to see your spirit. We want to see you move in this congregation like no other time, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would just open our hearts, you would open our minds, God, just to hear, hear your gospel. God, give us a desire, Lord, give us a desire to see other people saved. Give us a burden to know that people are out there dying and going to hell. God, give us a burden to go out there and talk about you to them. Lord, and I'm talking to myself, not just the congregation, God, because it's hard sometimes, you know, worrying about what we're going to um, offend somebody, but Lord, give us a boldness that only you can give. Your word tells us that you give us a boldness. So Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would fall on this service today, God, that your boldness would fall on each one of us, that you would strip down every layer, Lord, and that we could just call out to you. Free us, Lord. And I just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Justine was getting into my message a little bit in her prayer there. But God works things out like that. Uh, oh, God's good. He is good. All the time. God is good. This first... A cry for revival. Revive us again. We're going to be talking about this for a little while in the first of the year. And this morning, I just want to lay a foundation for this. And it's going to be challenging. Okay? I've preached some of those before. You've heard some of those before. And I always, I always start these that are, that are challenging, that God's going to challenge us in some things. If we want revival, we're going to have to be challenged. There's some things that need to change. And not only for us as a congregation, for me as your pastor, I'm asking to be revived again. I've been through some stuff in the last six, seven months. I need revived. We need revived. This church needs revived. So this is going to be challenging this morning, but I want to lay the foundation of what we're going to be talking about, give you a picture of what we look right, like right now, 
and then work into a picture of God sending revival as we cry out for it. Okay? Some people don't want to be challenged. You're in the wrong place this morning. But please stay. (laughs) Okay? We're going to start in Psalm 85, verse 6. Psalm 85, verse 6. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Father, again, I come to you and I thank you for who you are. I thank you for this time of worship that we've had together. Father, to enter into your presence and you are here. You are in our midst. God, right now we are coming to you. We are crying out for revival. And God, as you reveal in your word and the things that we're going to talk about this morning, there's a preparation period, Father, that needs to happen. There's some things that need to be pointed out in our lives and in our church in order for us to move to where you want us to move to. And God, I pray for hearts to receive, not to be bitter, but to be blessed by what you're going to speak into us this morning, to be challenged, to change so that your Holy Spirit can revive us again as we cry out to you, Father. We praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, this Psalm 85, 6, it's a simple and it's a a wonderful prayer for revival. It recognizes that revival is, it's not man-made. We're not going to make it happen. It is from God. We have to understand that. Revival is given by God. We should pray for revival. We should pray for that to happen in our church and for us to stay in that as long as God allows us to be in it. I shared Wednesday night that I think with our commitment to the Lord and the want to, to want to stay close to him and not let things of the world or the enemy distract us, we can stay in a spirit of revival. We can stay close to the Lord. It's that the enemy comes in and attacks us with so many different things and so many distractions that we get off course sometimes. And we get out of the will of God. This prayer for revival, it implies that people were alive once but have died in a spiritual sense. Now, nobody wants to hear that, but it's happening happening all over in churches across America. We are dying in a spiritual sense. And we need revived. The church always needs this. And it's how revival comes as we pray and we say, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you. Now, the United States of America, Orchardville Church, and we as individuals need revival. We need it. It's, it's, it's totally evident that we need it. We are in the midst of a, a devastating drought of the Holy Spirit. I've told you it's going to be challenging. Within our lives, within our churches, within this nation, it's sick. We are sick. This country was once founded on the things of God and we have seemed to push him farther and farther away as we look around and we see all kinds of of evil running rampant across our country. Everywhere we turn, we're worshiping false gods. 
We're consumed with sexual sin and immorality. We're confused about, there's people that are confused about whether they're a man or a woman. We have kids that think they're animals. We have same-sex relationships everywhere we look. We have men and women of God failing morally every time we turn around. We need revival. Our hospitals are full, and no one can get in because we lack the supernatural Holy Spirit power of healing in our midst. We, don't want, we can't blame that on the doctors when we have the power of the Holy Spirit within, within us to operate in. Our kids are being raised. I'm going to jump on this a little bit as a parent, as a former youth pastor. Our kids are being raised in front of screens because it helps them behave better. While we neglect our responsibility as a parent to train them up in the Lord. The gospel of Jesus is absent in so many of our homes. I'm talking about the believers. It's absent in our homes. No wonder our kids grow up with so many problems and issues. We neglect to train them in the ways of the Lord. And because of that, they have no idea who they are in him. Because we never showed them. We have failed them as spiritual leaders and as their parents. So instead, they step into these identity crises. They step into depression. They, they have self-image issues. Train up a child in the way he should go. Why aren't we training them up? Don't be surprised that when they get older, they want nothing to do with God because they never saw it lived out in the home. They are here so little compared to what they are in your home. That is your responsibility. It's my responsibility of a parent, as a parent, to train my kids up in the ways of the Lord and to live out my faith boldly in front of them. Bring revival into your home. Bring it in there. Let God move. Told you it'd be challenging. We left. We've left our moral compass in this world to the leadership of the world, and look what mess we're in. I'm talking about Republicans and Democrats and everybody in between. It's a mess. This once fertile ground of God is now, it's a desert now that's powerless and it's, and it's unable to sustain a life in the Holy Spirit. We're not living in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, there have been mighty moves of God in the past. We know them, right? You guys know about them. We've seen some here. We've seen some all over the, the country. And I believe that God still wants to move in that way today. He does. We're the problem. It's not God. My question this morning is, what are we doing? What are we doing? Are we crying out for revival? Are we turning from our wicked ways? Are we asking the Holy Spirit to, to purify us, to cleanse us, to bring us closer to the Lord? Are we wanting that? What are we doing? Did you know that 85% of churches in America are declining? Weak. We are weak. 85% of churches in America are declining today. We need revival. I say send down the rain, Lord. Send it down. Send it down to us. We need it individually. Again, we need it as a church and we need it as a nation. And just like rain is the only cure for a drought, revival is the only cure for the spiritual drought that we're in right now. We need revival. Have you guys noticed that we need it? If not, it's because so many of God's people have grown familiar to this dry season. 
It is what it is. No, it's not. It doesn't have to be that way. And we, we sometimes think this is the norm for church. This is normal for a Christian in their walk with God. It's not. It's not normal. It's not normal to lack holiness in the house of God. It's not normal to lack holiness as a believer and choose to serve the Lord and do the things that God would want you to do instead of what the enemy would have you do. That's not normal for us as believers to choose that. We should be choosing holiness. It's not normal to look like the world. It's not normal to lack revival in our churches. That's not normal. Our power has been grounded. It stopped our growth. And we are completely harmless to the enemy. No wonder he's running around doing whatever he wants to do. Compromise always takes the pressure off of us. We compromise. We compromised our faith for way too long. We've been stagnant for way too long. And I'm talking about right here. And I know you don't want to hear that, especially from your pastor. But there, we are in a place where we are dry, we're dry. And we need revival amongst us. Revive us again. Send revival, Lord. I don't want to make peace with, with a life that's lacking God's power. I don't want to be okay with that. I, I don't. I don't. I don't wish to walk any longer in this impotent faith. I can't stand it. For me spiritually, I can't stand it. I'll just preach to myself, I can't stand not walking in the power of God. I can't stand it. I don't, I don't want this anymore. I want more. I want more of what God has for us. And some people don't, and, I, and that's fine. I mean, that's fine for you if you say, I don't want any more. I, I don't want the power and authority. I don't want to walk in that stuff. I think you're crazy for thinking that. <laughs> but some people are satisfied living without the life-giving power and reign of God in their life. They're okay with it. They prefer their Christianity to be, to be more orderly and, and less messy. Let me just come to church. Let me just sit here. Let me get the warm and fuzzies and let me leave. I want more than that. I want more. And I pray you do as well. But we don't want to be uncomfortable because when you look at comfort, it's become an idol that we need to destroy in our lives. There are some people in here that have a worship and a shout inside of you, but because of comfort, you never let it out. There are some of you in here, you felt God's presence, you've seen God move, and you felt like running across this church, but your pride and your comfort don't let you do it. I'm telling you, it's okay. It's okay if you want to sit on the floor and just worship the Lord and cry out to him. It's okay if you want to raise your hands and shout in the middle of church because of what God's doing in you right at that moment. Why are we so comfortable not doing those things? If I want to dance for the Lord, I'm going to dance before the Lord. If I want to run across this stage because of I know what God freed me from and what he brought me out of, then I'm going to run across the stage and do it. I don't need to be comfortable. We've got to get rid of this idol of comfort. We've got to destroy it in our lives and in our churches. Now, we've got a lot of religiosity for sure. We've got a lot of religious people in the church, right? We've got strong beliefs. Don't hope so just yet. Timothy tells us that we can have the appearance of godliness but deny its power. Woo-hoo-hoo. It appears like those people at Orchardville Church love the Lord, like they got some good things going on, but 
Did you know they're denying his power all the time? Truth. That's where a lot of us are at right now. We got the appearance of godliness, but we're denying its power. Now, I'm going to jump on here a little bit. Man, I feel like it's tough this morning. (laughs) Again, we're laying the foundation of where we want to get to. We got to fix some things first. There's some things that are not right. And if you're brand new today, I love you. Talk to me after church. You'll see my joy and my love. <laughs> but we got we to gotta get some order in the house this morning, okay? Now, we still have some people staying away from church since COVID. Now, there's a couple reasons for that probably. Either they got out of the habit of going. I've heard people tell me that. Okay, uh, when you get out of the habit of doing something like working out and doing crunches and things happen and they're not good things. Okay, but we got people staying out of church since COVID because they got out of the habit of going, or they still believe they can do church on the couch in their jammies. It's not right. It's convenient. It's not demanding of me. I don't have to get up and get ready. I don't have to be too peoply. But the couch, along with your snacks and your multiple interruptions, should not be your permanent church home. I said what I said. (laughs) And I said it in love. We need you here, and you need to be here. You have giftings, you have things in your life that God's placed in you that the church needs you to pour into us. While I'm at it. A lot of people want to attend churches now that look more like the world than the kingdom of heaven. I want to find the best show in town. That's garbage. I don't want to be known as that. I want to to find the best motivational speaker that won't challenge my faith walk or hold me accountable if I sin. That's disgusting too. And it's happening. I want a pastor who will just comfort me instead of convicting me. Holy Spirit does that anyway. Don't judge me or condemn me. I get so tired of hearing that. Too many churches are taking this road and they tiptoe around things because they replace conviction with the thought of not offending anyone. I just want our church to be full of people that are still dying and go to hell because you're not preaching about hell and you're not preaching about sin because you're afraid to. But we need to understand that conviction is a sign to our bodies that the enemy has invaded it and there's something wrong. That's what conviction does. Something is wrong. And you need to respond to the Holy Spirit as he's showing you that and he's letting you know that. Without the pain of conviction by the Holy Spirit, we can just keep living in sin and it doesn't bother us. And that's a scary place to get to in your walk with the Lord where you don't, you just ignore the Holy Spirit and what he's telling you. And, and, and this morning, I just want you to know that I'd rather offend you and let the Holy Spirit work on you instead of condoning what you're doing and let you go to hell because of it. Amen. I got called out the other day on Facebook. I love when people do that, like they're going to bait me into an argument. <laughs> we are Christ's ambassadors. We are his royal priesthood. We are his holy nation. We are to be peculiar people in this godless society. We are to be different. We are to be set apart. 
But a lot of times in our walk, we don't look, we don't speak, we don't walk, or we don't live any differently than those that are bound for hell. We don't let the light shine for people to see. There is a hell, and the Bible tells us there is, and unfortunately there's a lot of people that choose to go there thinking it's not real. Again, revive us again. We need a fresh downpour of your presence, God. We can't stay in this spiritual drought any longer. We need you to drench us in your Holy Spirit. We need a move in our church. We need a move in our life. Please wake us up from the slumber that we've fallen into. We need a move of God in these desperate times. And we have to understand that he's the only one that can save us. You know why our communities are in the shape that they're in right now? And if you get out in communities, you get out in your community, you, you know there's all kinds of sin going on, you know there's all kinds of things going on, but you, know, you wonder why our community is in such a mess? It's because our churches are dried up and powerless. Because if the church was doing its job inside the community, the communities would be changing for the good. And the reason our churches are in decline and in spiritual drought is because so many within the walls of the church, we need the convicting power of the Holy Spirit to bring us to repentance. And we need brought back to our first love. And I'm talking about us. I'm talking about us in the church. We need to repent and we need to get back to our first love. We need the fire of God to burn again in our hearts and our lives I need God to fix things that are broken in me as your pastor. I am still walking around a lot of my days completely numb to everything. And I know that's not the place God wants me to be. And I know there's a process for everything that I'm going through. But I refuse to stay where I'm at right now spiritually because I know God's got things on the other side of this. I need revived as well. I also need a new boldness as I preach and share God's love. I've known this since the day I started speaking and preaching that I, I lacked boldness. Because, believe it or not, as a young man, I was timid and shy. I know. God's worked on me in that. But now, to take that into my spiritual life and have the boldness and authority to preach the Word of God without worrying about offense, without worrying about what I'm going to sound like, but to preach it and let the anointing of God pour out on me as I deliver what he's delivered for us. I don't want to conform to the ways of the world or worry about offending people with the word of God. This is offensive to some. It can be. And, and so many, going back to Facebook, you know, hopefully some of us are going to fast off social media for a while. It'll do you good, I promise. So many people say our job as believers is just to lead people to Jesus, lead people to God. And that is one of our responsibilities. And they scream, don't judge me, don't condemn me. But, but here's what happens if people are making an attempt to know Jesus and his word. The word of God and the Holy Spirit will begin to convict those people that say, don't judge me, don't condemn me. If you're doing your job to get to know the Lord through his word and through prayer and the power of the Holy Spirit, he starts changing you. Amen. He starts transforming you. When you believe on Jesus, you can't help but change to be more like him. And the things that offend God, you want to go away from. 
So if I'm leading someone to Jesus and they're all in on it, they're going to find out that the lifestyle they choose goes against what God would want for them. And then it's not me condemning or judging. They will stand before the Father and give an account. And the things that I try to equip and teach will be revealed to them. And all the time that they ran away from God, they're going to understand in that moment, Jesus is Lord. He is Lord. Again, myself, us as a church, need to repent and turn away from our wicked ways. And I need to surrender my life to Jesus and let him transform me into a new creation. That's the thing with people that come in and you're struggling in sin. You don't know the Lord is your Savior. You need to let him transform you into your new creation in him. You're no longer your old self when Jesus gets a hold of you. You are changed. We also need to stand up for the word of God if we want revived. And again, I said this earlier, the Bible is a rock of offense. 1 Peter 2 verse 8 He is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. So those who reject the chief cornerstone and refuse to build on him, instead they stumble over him. And instead of being their salvation, Jesus becomes to them a rock of offense. Matthew 12, 30, anyone who isn't with me opposes me. And anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. I want to work with him. I don't want to work against the Lord. And again, we've got to have revival in our powerless lives. We need it in our homes. We need it in our churches. I don't want to, as long as I'm pastoring here, I don't want to just draw a crowd to our church because we have a beautiful building. And we do. I'm thankful for it. But I don't want that to be the reason we draw people here. I don't want the reason that people come in here is because we have uh, an awesome worship team. And we do. But I don't want the reason they come in here to be that. I just love to hear that music. I don't want people to come in here and, and come here because Rick preaches safe, feel-good sermons. He doesn't really challenge us at all, and I like that because it makes me feel good when I leave. I do want to make you feel good when you leave, but I also want to challenge you with the truth of God's word. I want people to be drawn here because there is real revival. There's a real move of God happening in our midst. Because he is the center of everything that we're doing. That's why I want people to come. They know, man, what's going on there is is real. It's genuine. Their hearts are for him. I want to see a lifeless church bloom into this life-giving, powerful army of believers. A powerful army of believers that are not afraid to be on the front lines of what God is doing. I want to see the lost run to Jesus in this place. And I don't even care if they have to wait till the altar call. If it's something we're singing as we're magnifying, it's not about how well these guys sing. It's not about how well they play the instruments. God gave them those gifts. It's about the anointing that's on it. And when we sing things out or we say things or we share with each other, if it's in that moment that you need to run down to the altar, then run. You don't have to wait till a certain time for God to meet you right where you're at in that moment. You have my permission to get here. 
I want to see people come to Jesus. I want to see people come back to Jesus that have walked away. I want to see chains of addiction broken off of people as they come in this place because of the revival that we're in and the power of the Holy Spirit that's in this place. I want to see marriages restored. The reason so many marriages are struggling right now and husbands and wives are at each other is because God is not the center of what's going on anymore. Because if he is, that wouldn't be happening. I want to see kids that don't feel loved or maybe they're missing a mom or a dad. I want them to know that God loves them so much and they can feel that as soon as they come in here. I want to see, God's working on me as, as well in all of this. I want to see these altars drenched in tears because you have friends and family members that don't know the Lord and you want them to come to that realization of who Jesus is. I want tears filling up these altars. Do we care that people are dying and go to hell? Do we care? Is it a burden? Is it breaking us inside? Are we praying as often as we can for that lost loved one? I want to see miracles. I want to see signs and wonders. I want Jesus to be lifted up in this place every time we come together. Revive us again. I want to see it. I want to see it. The same God who rescued Israel from the Egyptians is the same God we serve today. The same God who brought down the walls of Jericho is the same God we serve today. The same God who poured out the Holy Spirit at Pentecost lives and breathes today and he is not finished. I want to see the same power that changed Peter and John into bold world changers be poured out on each one of us. I want him to sweep down the aisles of this church and touch people's hearts and lives. People that come in that don't even really know anything about church or anything about what Jesus did for them will be changed because the power of the Holy Spirit coming through this place. They just know this is real. I want it to sweep through our OC kids because I believe the Holy Spirit can operate in them just like he does us. And I want it to sweep through modified youth and change those teens into world changers. You guys don't have to be ashamed or worry about it because you're young. There is so much influence in your schools that are pulling you the other way. Why not change that and you influence them and pull them towards Jesus? I know, I know how real God is. I know how real he wants to be in our church. I know as we cry for revival that he will answer and he will bring that into our church and into our homes and into our communities. But this is only going to happen if. And we're going to talk about this if. And we're going to break down a certain scripture over these next several weeks of how we can get from where we're at now to seeing the Holy Spirit move in revival in this place and in our lives. If. King Solomon, God wrote, God wrote out the way that we can see revival come to our lives and our church and our communities. 2 Chronicles 7, 13, 14. That's the thing about God. He knows when we come, we're going to come into moments like this. 
He knows when you're going to go through a season of drought in your life. He knows, he knows, he knows. But he also shows us what's needed. What's needed for revival to happen. It says, at times I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls. Or command grasshoppers to devour your crops or send plagues among you. But right here, verse 14, then if, if my people, my people, that's us, who are called by my name will humble themselves, humble themselves and pray, Mm, we need to pray. I have opened up, I've, I've let you guys know we've had a prayer room. I'm going to do this without getting too fleshly. We've, we've had a prayer room for a while. I've opened it up 9.15 or 9.10 to 9.40, 9.15 to 9.40. We can pray in here if you'd like to come and pray in here. There's not a whole lot going on with that. I'm just going to tell you we have to pray. Every move of God in the past, every revival you study, it was vast, it was started, and, and, and pre, it all started with weeks, days, months, years of prayer. It started with people on their knees seeking the Lord, and he honored that, and he moved. We don't have time to pray, but I'm telling you, we don't have time not to pray. You say, I don't, I don't even know what to pray. So It's okay. In those moments you don't know what to pray, he still knows what's going on. If you just let out, a, oh, he knows. He knows that prayer. But we have to pray. Getting into the next few weeks. Humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Now I'm not going to call anybody out, but there are people in here probably that are doing wicked ways. Why are you blocking what God wants to do in your life with your wicked ways? Why would I block what God wants to do in my life with wicked ways? Why don't I want to turn from those things and turn to God? Turn from their wicked ways. Then I will will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and restore their land. If, 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 then. If my people, that's you, that's me. And we're going to dive into this more over the next several weeks. We're going to break it down as we ask the Lord to revive us again, as we cry out for revival. And I want to play just a little bit of a clip here as I'm closing out of Leonard Ravenhill. I want you guys to, it's going to be on the screen, but I want you to listen to what he's saying here. Go ahead.
I want to tell you guys this morning that you and I, we were placed in this world at this moment for such a time as this. God knows exactly who we are, where we are, what's going on in our lives. And again, he still wants to move in us here in 2023. And I've been praying for God to stir something new inside each one of us in this place. And for us to break out of tradition, break out of norm, break out of this is just the way you're supposed to do things and let God move how he wants to move on his own schedule. I've been praying for that, that we would be stirred up for revival in 2023. I'm desperate for an outpouring of his Holy Spirit in our lives. I want us to come together as a church and expect God to move. I want, you know, if I was to ask some people individually in here, what are you passionate about? What consume your thoughts? What consumes your thoughts throughout your day? A lot of us would name so many different things other than Jesus. Oh, my job, it's just a constant, and it's, it's always pulling me, and that's, you know, that's what I think about. And if, if it's sports, man, I always think about sports. And, and, and God is not at the top of our priorities. He should consume us. He should be our every thought as we wake up and as we lay down at night. He should be our thought throughout the day as we're looking to minister and share his love with people. As we're asking him to revive us again, we are, we are telling him, we, if you are in your heart with this with me, we're telling him, be the Lord of my life again. I, I, Lord, I haven't been that bad. I haven't really strayed too far, but I know that my fire has dwindled out. I know that my passion for you is lacking. I know that you are not at the top of my priorities right now. And Lord, as I ask you to revive me again, Lord, I'm moving you all the way back up there. So as we, as we worship this morning, we enter this time into worship and prayer, I'm gonna ask you to come or I'm gonna ask you to pray in your seat, whatever that looks like for you. I'm gonna ask you, to pray, revive us again, revive us again. Lord, we're crying out for revival. Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. God, change my thinking, change what's going on in my heart. Father, let me daily strive to be more like you. Change me. Lord, change our church. Lord, let me, as a man... As the leader of my, uh, my household, spiritual leader of my household, let me do the things that you've called me to do to lead my family closer to you. Lord, let me not let things get in the way. Let me not let television or movies or, or life or anything else, Father, take precedence over leading my family in my home. So as we pray and worship, I'm going to open up the altars. And I pray that we, get, we got stirred, something stirred in us this morning, God, that we are hungering after you. Father, that we put you back in the place of sovereign Lord of our lives. And Lord, that we would seek your face this morning. 
and ask you to revive us again as we cry out for revival. Altars are open if you need healing, you need to know Jesus as your Savior. I pray that you come and you respond this morning. You may, you may sit in here every week and you never move to the altar. I promise you, God's going to meet you here. If you'll pour your heart out to him, he will change things in you. Surrender this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. church we got to do this together Every dark addiction starts to I need burn. you guys on board I need you to say Lord revive us again in this place don't stay the same don't stay the same you want to see a move of God
praise God for rededications this morning to him and his son Jesus. I thank God for the response to those of you that said, revive us again, revive us, revive my life in you. Give me a new fire and a new passion for what you want to do in my life and in this church. I meant what I said, I need you guys. It's hard to steer a big ship of people in the same direction. I can tell you that. But if we will be in one mind and one accord and unified in this place and wanting revival and as we all cry out for revival, God is going to show up in mighty ways in our midst and he's going to do great big things in our midst and he's, we're going to see people saved and come to the Lord. We're going to see people healed through the power of the Holy Spirit. I know, I know, I know he still wants to move like that today. I know he does. If, if, and we're going to be talking about that, then he'll heal the land and restore things. So I'm thanking God for that in advance. And again, it's, it's vast. It has to happen through prayer. I have to have people on board to pray, to seek God's face, to pray for what's going, what we know he can do in this place. I need you to pray. It's got to happen. So I'm, I'm going to let you know that the church is open every week from 8 to 4, more, more times than not. Sometimes we step out, but 8 to 4, if you ever want to come in here and you just want to get on your face in these altars and pray for this, pray for revival in our church, pray for your family members, pray for your friends, you are welcome to come in here. We'll put some music on for you and you can just get after it in prayer. If you need like a prayer guide, I can help you with that. But just, just get in that frame of mind that I've got to talk to God as often as I can. Because as we do that, as we build that relationship with him, he's going to honor, he's going to bless, and he's going to move in our church. We've got to be a house of prayer. We have to be. I'm excited. Excited, excited, excited. Uh, I'm not going to apologize for preaching God's word and, and, and challenging you. I want to do that as your pastor. I want to I take you guys where God wants you to be. I want to equip you for that. I, wanna, I want us to be an army. That's right. An army of God united together on the front lines doing battle in the spiritual realms. It's not, what, it's not always what you see right here. There's a lot going on in the spiritual. And the devil is always trying to take people out. We always have to be in prayer for people.